0: The end of days are nigh. The Metalocalypse is upon us. Unless you are vigilant, you will drown in fear. Um, hi. What? The Doomstar. It creeps closer to our atmosphere every day, threatening cataclysmic destruction. Salesia Only he knows what vile evils are in store. You must journey out to find the Song of Salvation. What is the Song of Salvation?
1: Nobody knows.
0: Well, do we at least know the running time, roughly? Nobody knows.
1: Does we at least know what keys it ends in? Nobody knows. What happens if we do it wrong?
0: The world will be bathed in blood. The Earth will be a hellscape. All that is good, will be dead. Now is the time for you to choose. Will you be the fist or the hand? Welcome back to Owl's Only the Adult Swim podcast. I'm your host, Bryce Hope, and Xanax is good. And I am here today with a very special co-host. They're like, the Metalocalypse expert. It's my friend Rissy.
1: Hello, everybody.
0: So Army of the Doomstar It's finally here. It finally happened.
1: I know. I can't believe we're finally here. It's been two years in the wait. wait. yeah, two years in the waiting for this,
0: yeah. We've been waiting two years. Um, I think they, I mean, they've been trying to make this for at least, like, 10 years, or at least, like, the a form of it for, like, 10 years.
1: Oh, yeah. Thanks, because, Mike Lazo.
0: Yes. <laughs> um, because we don't know the full story of what happened, but it's, it's um, very heavily hinted at that... Um, brendan and mike Lazo had a bit of a falling out over the um planned fifth season because it was going to be way too much story and not enough comedy and that's just not how things were really made in Lazo's like run of adult swim and just by this script i think this is like almost like identical to what like the season five script would have been you know what i mean like because this is like there's funny stuff in it for sure, but this is the most dramatic that Metalocalypse has, like, ever been.
1: Yeah, I-, I describe it as, like, 80% story and, like, 20% comedy, and, like, that's not me complaining. Like, this is, like, a crazy thing to, like, see from Metalocalypse. Like, it's a new, I guess, like, format, and it's done really well. I think it works really well.
0: It's, like, yeah, it, like, that's a perfect way to describe it. 80% story, 20% comedy. And the show is mostly the inverse. The show is mostly, yeah. like, 80% comedy and 20%, like, story. And I think you're right. This, this does pull it off in, like, a really, really – because, like, it's it feels seamless to me. Like, I've seen a lot of people um bitching that, like – Oh, it wasn't funny enough. Like, it doesn't feel like Death Clock, but I really disagree. I think, I think they pulled it off like seamlessly. Like, this oh, transition. I agree,
1: a hundred percent. Yeah.
0: Um. Also, like, so this is the third of the three Ultimate movies they announced. Um, the others are obviously the Venture Brothers movie, which we talked about, and the Aquatine, the second Aquatine movie, which I'm talking about tomorrow. But um, so this is the third one, and I feel like this got like like, I feel like this got 60% of the budget. This was so (laughs) fucking good-looking.
1: Yeah. And, like, I remember um, in the bonus features on the DVD, there's, like, 23 minutes of, like, behind-the-scenes footage, and Brennan said something about, like, we have a limited budget, and I'm like, how limited? What do you mean limited?
0: (laughs) And really, like, I think that um, in terms of like this, this, these three movies and the Bob's Burgers movie, which I'm counting as part of this like new generation of Adult Swim movies, all of them look fantastic. Like, um, I feel like this is probably the best looking. Bob's Burgers maybe has a beat because there's still like some like janky motion in here, and it's obviously it's not like a theatrical budget. But I think the backgrounds in this movie are fucking insane. Like, the backgrounds are insane, the way they set up these shots, the characters all look insane. Like, because I love season one of Metalocalypse, but it, like, even for- It's a
1: slideshow. It's a (laughs) slideshow.
0: Which is what, which is what a lot of Adult Swim is. I don't know, have you seen C-Lab 2021? I have not. Okay, that show is, like, I feel like, I mean, I love that show more than anything. It's kind of like the grandfather to Archer, because a lot of the same Archer people. But that show is legit, is, like- almost twice as bad looking as season one of
1: metalocalypse
0: (laughs) so but yeah season one is like like you said it's like a slideshow it's very adult swim it's very like lo-fi like um and then this is like it's a fucking movie like this this could play in like an imax screen i think it would look beautiful
1: you know yeah i agree um I think part of the reason why Army of Doomstar feels so cinematic and feels like its budget is just so much more compared to like the other two is like because Metallock started like a slideshow.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: Definitely. Um, it's just like compare like going back and rewatching any episode from season one, like after watching Army of the Doomstar, it's like, how is this the same show? How did yes. we end up here? <laughs> yeah. And like a now, good way. I
0: also, um, I also do think that Venture and Aqua Teen actually look really, really good. Because, like, Venture is still... Because, obviously, Venture Brothers is one of the best-looking shows on TV. And that movie is, like, operating at the top of its game. And then Aqua Teen does a huge animation upgrade as well from, like, characters that don't move at all to, like, actually fluid animation in that one, which is fun. But this just, like... I also think that um, this is, like, something that I, like, I don't think anybody else cares about. But I think the aspect ratio has a lot to do with it, too. Just, like, the way, like, it frames it. So it's, like, that cinematic aspect ratio. And it's not just, like, 16 by 9. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or it doesn't, like, take up the full screen. It has, like, the black bars on the top and bottom. That goes a long way into making it feel more cinematic. And I think it just looks so good. Like,
1: I think another part of, like, why it feels, like, so cinematic is because, like, like I said, it's, like, 80% story, 20% comedy, where, like, Venture was also, like, a good 50-50 as, like, the show normally is, and then, you yeah. know, Aqua Teen's, like, all comedy. Little bit story in there, but, like, mostly comedy. Yeah. It's just, like, this is, like, the most story-driven one, and, yes. like, you said, like, the aspect ratio and, like, how it looks. It's just cinematic
0: (laughs) yes it's such a great fuck. it's such a great looking movie um i also think that because this is one of because titmouse is like a huge animation company titmouse does like i like they do like star trek lower decks they do like beavis and butthead titmouse does like everything now and this was one of their first shows ever which is really cool to like for them to get to be able to come and like finish this project because they they did start off like with season one of Metalocalypse and now they're making like this fucking gorgeous movie. It's a really it's a really cool testament to see how far they've come as an animation studio both in just like in terms of what they can do, you know? Yeah. Because I love
1: you, Titmouse.
0: I love Titmouse so much. They make some of the best looking shows on TV. Also, have you seen any of the new Beavis and Butthead because it looks exactly like Metalocalypse.
1: I haven't actually. I might have caught like one or one or two episodes that, like, I think it used to play like after South Park. Yes. Um, I maybe have caught it once or twice through that, but I haven't really looks, sat down and tried to watch it. Besides that,
0: it looks exactly like Metalocalypse, like exactly. Like, I gotta
1: tune in. <laughs>
0: I um, because like the movies, the second Beavis and button movie is also made by Titmouse and like the same studio and stuff. And so I remember watching it, and I'm like, why does everything here look exactly like metalocalypse like it's so it's it's very odd but i like it um so yeah we can just like get into like the story um so the first i've noticed that i know this isn't my second time watching is that like literally at the halfway point of the movie is when like the tone changes and shit goes like really crazy i mean it's it's serious the whole time but like i guess that like the action kicks in at like literally the halfway point
1: yeah like the the when. Aortic desecration ends and like it just like ends very abruptly and it's kind of like there's like this light little sound happening as you're looking at Dick Milbler's face. That moment sticks out in my head so much because you can feel the like you could feel something shift in that moment and it's so powerful. It's so well done.
0: I was actually also I was more thinking about um, when after like they do the drug trip and you and like you just see like the massive storm and nubblers like on the deadlines here. And then like that was like right before they play aortic desecration. Also, I think that scene where they play aortic desecration is like fucking incredible. It's such an amazing looking scene. It's so good. Just, like,
1: um, the new band animations, it's, like, it's, because for, like, seasons one through four, all of, all of them, they use, like, the same copy and pasted, like, band animations every time. I love it, but it's, like, getting these new ones is crazy to me.
0: Yeah, like, murder <laughs> face, like, nodding his head while playing that bass.
1: Like, crazy! Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, this is, like it's so like i that scene was so fucking crazy because um i think also like i said one of the things that i love about like when cartoons become movies is that it gives them sort of like the the chance to really flex like what they are and what the show is about and i feel like that aortic desecration scene is like it's like a big movie version of like season one metalocalypse because you have like the band playing this fucking awesome song, and then in the back—not in the background—but like there's also then there's scenes of just like mass death and carnage. But like since it's a movie, it's on like a planetary scale.
1: Yeah, like it. It you you worded it like perfectly. The um, fucking
0: fire tornadoes and like the skulls that are like evaporating into the air—it looks so fucking cool.
1: It's just—it's so beautiful.
0: <laughs> it really is. Like,
1: I can't th- get over how pretty this movie is
0: like this is one of those movies where it's like you could every single frame is like is like a wallpaper you know oh
1: yeah oh for sure
0: that's another thing I had I felt about the Bob's Burgers movie was like every every frame is like a wallpaper but um
1: another thing about like this that sequence is Nathan like before playing it like oh my god is this the wrong song yeah and it's like there's something about that line delivery that just like makes my stomach turn because like I'm feeling his anxiety in that moment too
0: yeah it's such a good moment um it's also really weird because the the beginning is them at like that um at like that press conference after they rescue toki and fucking john hamm is like the moderator for some reason <laughs> which is funny um but it is really weird to me because i have listened to like doomstar requiem on repeat for like 10 years and so i've always had this idea in my head of like how it ends and this just starts off and it's just so different because I kind of realize that scene takes place in between them rescuing Toki and the Blazing Star concert at the end of Doomstar I think oh because D- I I think the I think the concert where Nathan collapses is the Blazing Star concert at the end of Doomstar
1: that would make sense. Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> That's something that I caught because it does sound like they're playing the end of Blazing star. yeah that,
1: yeah, that would make sense. Oh, my God.
0: it all it all kind of like lines up. but it was just it was really interesting, but also because, um, like just the band using the deathlights at the end of Doomstar Requiem is such like a it's such like a iconic moment in my brain. And it was also really interesting to have like none of them remember it at all except for Nathan. like, yeah that was crazy i was like i was like what like they don't remember any of it like that was super interesting um oh also this movie continues the trend that i love where it gives us like a really big like theatrical version of the intro with i I think the song is called the fall on the yeah um, yeah, on the on the soundtrack album so good it's like it's not it's not exactly the death theme but it has like like, it's the, it's the death theme.
1: It's, like, the same chord progression, like, at least at the very beginning of it. And, like, I, I noticed it on my second watch. I think after, yeah. like, you pointed it out. I was, like, this is definitely, like, supposed to be, like, the opening theme here. And I yeah. was, like, oh, yeah. It sounds so awesome. I love yes. the fall. It, like, the entire score is just wonderful. Like, Brendan is a metahuman.
0: <laughs> yes. Like, he went fucking crazy on this score. Like, it is truly, like, this It is unbelievably good score like i've every scene is like enhanced by it in a way that like most like cartoons just aren't you know
1: yeah like i specifically like whatever song is playing during like the charles fight at the very end oh is yeah so wonderfully done
0: <laughs> yes fucking gr- also i will say um so we get like almost no charles in this movie which is one of the unfortunate like i wouldn't say it's not disappointing because like he's he's not he's not needed here because it's about the band like yeah doing stuff themselves so i understand why he's not in it and they do give him a lot of good moments and stuff but it is also like oh man i don't want to see more charles
1: but yeah I, uh, I i honestly like during the entire movie, like, we had that one scene with him talking to, like, Pickles and, like, Nathan at the beginning. But, like, throughout sucks. the entire movie, I'm like, is he going to come back? Is that really the only Charles we're going to get? Yeah, <laughs> same. No, I was like, no, okay, back. when it's is he fine. coming
0: back? <laughs> like, yeah, like, but they do save it for, like, the perfect moment when, um, like, the fans show up and, like, Charles is with them. I was like, oh, fuck yeah, let's See, go. See, I
1: feel like that scene wouldn't have hit the same if Charles, like, showed up, like, another time in the movie.
0: Exactly. So I'm
1: glad that they did it like that.
0: I'm fully like, there are two moments watching this where I was like, oh fuck yeah! Like I would literally yelled like, fuck yeah! That was the first one when Charles showed up, and the second one is when um the whale prophet comes out and eats Salesia because
1: so fucking cool. <laughs> I love
0: the whale prophet. That's my fucking goat. I have the t shirt with her on it, and like Ocean Galactic from um Galacticon Two, which is like about the whale prophet, is like my one of my favorite Brendan songs. Like I'm fucking all about the whale prophet. That shit was so cool. But um so I one thing I was thinking about with that scene because like Charles shows up, it is like a fucking Avengers Endgame shot with all these different side <laughs> characters. That's you know? true. Like yeah. my thing is, why wasn't Roxo there?
1: He was at church. <laughs> I guess.
0: Like I was but like I I feel like I feel like that would have been another perfect time to put him in there because That's Roxo true. Roxo does have one scene in this movie, it's at the beginning. And like it does, kind of feel like that. Roxo's there because he has to be because he's like arguably the most iconic Metalocalypse character.
1: Like, like normal fans that are like had. He has such a huge fan base. People fucking love Roxo. I'm personally indifferent towards Roxo. I don't love him or hate him. He's just kind of like whatever to me. But like people love Roxo.
0: (laughs) No, I described it to, I watched it with Alex, who is like the other occasional co host of this podcast. And I was explaining to him that like, no, like he has to be in this movie because people who don't watch Metalocalypse can tell you like, like people who haven't seen Metalocalypse since they were like, you know, fucking smoking weed in college and watching Adult Swim can tell you like who Dr. Roxo is. That's why yeah. he has to be here. He like that's why, um as we're recording this, the baby metal concert is going on. Like the first baby metal concert is going yes. on and, like is. like, isn't like all the tour merch just fucking Dr. Roxo?
1: So yeah, Roxo gets two pieces of merch, and there's no merch with like, any of the boys on it. Yeah. No, like no, nothing with like Nathan's face or anything like that there's like there's a facebone shirt I think there's two facebone shirts technically and then two pieces of Roxo merch and then yeah. like a death clock hoodie that just has like death Album Four on the back yeah and then like a very just a death clock logo and it's like a death clock tour shirt where it has like the yeah. tour dates on the back but it just says death clock on it and like it's that's Rockso. it <laughs> so like Roxo Rockso- gets two things the boys get nothing I don't understand that <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's it's it really is because like he's just the most iconic character for some I do love Roxo. I do think that um I don't think he was as funny here as, as he can be. Like I feel like um in the Christmas, like the Christmas one is where Roxo peaks as a character. He's so fucking oh, yeah. funny in the Christmas episode. Um, I think he's good here, but that that sequence also looks insane. It looks so good.
1: It, I, I just I think that k- amazing k- k- grace is so yeah. hilarious the fact that Roxo like joins church
0: yeah <laughs> Um, I also love how it just pans across all the band looking pissed off that Toki is like fucking, like extremely <laughs> over <happy>. the moon
1: <laughs> yeah so See, good l- one of the Roxo shirts on this tour is like bright pink and it's just like a PNG of Roxo slapped on the slapped onto it with, like death clock logo above it yeah and personally, I'm choosing to believe that Toki designed that himself because it has Toki <laughs> written all over it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is perfect. Um, But yeah, so this movie is very heavy on, like, Nathan, Murderface, and Pickles. And I feel like we don't get that much Squisgar and Toki, but it does make sense to me because I feel like Doomstar Requiem was all about Squisgar and Toki. So oh, I yeah.
1: Like,
0: I think that there's, like, a weird – because. We don't know when they started on Doomstar, how long it was after they finished like season four. So I think it's entirely possible that like the events of Doomstar Requiem and Army of the Doomstar are supposed to be one just like fifth season. And so I feel like, I feel like the elements from that fifth season have stayed the same, but so Brendan doesn't want to like you know just spend time on Toki and Swisscar because like it's all one story and they already got like a lot of their like time to shine in the Doomstar Requiem which is why they don't have like as much to do here as they might normally would.
1: I agree I know what you're saying but we should have gotten another whole movie about those two those are my babies yeah, <laughs> they're-, Toki- they're they're my Favorite. I love those two more than I think I love myself.
0: <laughs> yeah, Toki's Toki's my favorite character by far. I fucking love Toki. Um, but yeah, it is. I have I did notice that that like they still get like good pivotal moments, like the like the dead face thing when Squiskar like plays out the um. The so notes. fucking
1: cool. So
0: cool. <laughs> and um,
1: and Toki holding Squiskar at the very end, bridal style. That means yeah. the world to me. Yeah, that, that like changed my life. <laughs>
0: so they do get they do get like pivotal moments but like the story is about like nathan pickles and like Murderface and like Murderface in like the first half once Murderface gets cured of the possession he is kind of like another part of the band for the rest of it but like it is really about those three for most of the movie but like i like like i said it does feel like like doomstone requiem and this at one point were one like 10 episode season of tv and then it's just been broken up into like uh, hour-long rock opera and a full-length movie that came out 10 years apart because <laughs> that's how television works um and i do think like that it's like it just makes like it's hard to describe but it makes sense to me like those pieces like fit together for me in my brain but um it also it's weird those two doom stars now because like for years and years and years, like it's always, re- always referred to Doomstar Requiem as oh that's Doomstar, and now right, there's two Doomstars. It's like you, know, you have to say are <laughs> you the Doomstar. You have to spe- you have to specify now because there's two. Um, I know
1: that makes life hard.
0: <laughs> it's Fucking crazy. It's it's just so. A lot of this podcast is gonna be us just talking about how fucking cool this movie is.
1: Because it is. That's like it's a- so this- cool. <laughs> it's so fucking cool. I cried like two times. I think. Yeah, I I cried I'm during. It wasn't more. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think I was just so in like disbelief. I cried really really hard after. Yeah, because it kind of like after it like set in like then I cried because like I cried during the song of salvation, and then I started crying like during like the Charles fight because it was so cool.
0: <laughs> so fucking cool.
1: But um... like, I I like deep sobbed like grieved over Dick Nubler. I'll yeah. say it. That one hurt me hard that would that hurt
0: (laughs) fucking um song of salvation for the first like that's also it's something that you've been like you've been hearing about just like for forever and you finally get it so cool like such a it was so fucking cool to actually get it um let's see oh yeah the murder face possession stuff here um which everyone has been talking about like everyone's been talking about for years like they're gonna do the murder face possession arc it was set up in doomstar um that's the parts when i i remember like because i watched this before you by like three hours um and i texted you halfway through i'm like this is a fucking horror movie (laughs) because like i knew i knew going into it that it was going to have a much more serious tone but if for the first half i'm like what the fuck is going on like like this this is a horror movie Because like all the shit with Celestia possessing murderface is so fucking like it's so scary.
1: Scary. Like I was scared for murderface. I was like, maybe he is gonna die here. (laughs)
0: Like they they pulled it off really well. And I think like Adult Swim's like number one genre has always been comedy, but I always I also think that their number two genre has been horror. And I think it's really cool to get, like, another Adult Swim, like, horror thing. Because I think something Adult Swim does almost as well as it does comedy is it does, like, weird, fucked-up horror. And well this isn't, like – this isn't, like – it's scary in, like, a movie sense. It's not, like, fucking keeping me up at night. Like, this, this house has people in it or, like, that kind of shit. But it is, like – it's scary. It's good. But, um, like, it's also – there's just – this movie is – I mean, obviously, um, I've, I'm a huge Galacticon 2 fan, and that was the ending for me for, like, five years. So I was like, oh, yeah, that's the eclipse ending. Like, I wasn't really worried about getting more, because I figured it would never happen. And I was like, oh, the, the ending is the album. Like, that's fine. But, um, so I knew what, I knew, like, what was going to happen, kind of, in this movie. But also, there's so much in this that I just wasn't expecting at all. Like, the entire, did you get fucking Kung Fu Panda vibes from parts of this movie?
1: Yes, like, the Nathan training, like, sequences, it's with so like Kung the, Fu Panda coded. <laughs> with the water? Yes.
0: <laughs> like, I feel like I I know that's, I've I've heard other, I, I thought of that when I was watching it, and I know other people have said that, so no, I'm not crazy, but I'm like, this is like fucking Kung Fu Panda, when he's, like, lifting, like, the, all the things of, like, water to water the tree of life. Um... But yeah, I do want to talk about like some of the differences between this and Galacticon 2 and what I think um, what this would have been like as like a full season of TV as like it was planned as. Because um, I feel like a bigger part of this would have been um, the would have been like the army of the Doomstar, like the Clocketeers army of the Doomstar. And I like the fans because um, the album lays out like Murderface, like literally killing all of them by himself. But I don't think we had time for that. Like, because like there's a song that in there. would have been
1: that would have been insane to witness first of all. <laughs> have you listened to the, this album Galactic on Two? I've listened to it like once, and I have not listened to it again. It's, I know I'm
0: <laughs> it's such a good. like there's a there's a playlist on Spotify that has it in the vinyl order, which is like the Metalocalypse movie order. And, like, it's so good, it matches up so well with what we did get, but, like, the the song My Name is Murder on it is just, like, it it is a full-on Death Clock song more than any of the other ones are, like, that is just a straight-up Death Clock song, and it is, like, um and, like, the general, like, plot of the song is Murderface going around murdering the entire army of the Doomstar, like, by himself. And I was i I do I feel like that would have been like there's too much to do for there's too much to there's too much. That's like I know they had like a huge budget for this, but that might have been like stretching their budget even farther, and also that's stretching their time farther than they had. So I feel like what they d- did here definitely works just as well. um, where they have like murderface finds their I army, mean, the doom star, and he alerts um. Silesia to it or silicia takes it from him and Silesia like um sends like the military to come like fucking blow up the little place they're hiding at and like kill all of them which was fucking crazy like you said like that is the turning point that scene where air, air desecration stops and like nubler dies the army of the Doomstar dies and like it's just fucked it's so cool like
1: so many people died in this movie
0: <laughs> yes like, this is, I mean, uh, Brendan did say that he's open to making more, and I do think if he makes more, it would be a different show. I think they should get, they should, I feel like if he makes more, it should, it should be, like, a different title. Like, I know, I know it's not called Death Clock because Death Clock was, like, trademarked somehow or something, but, like, it's been, tw- like, almost 20 years. Just get around that somehow. Like, just yeah. get around it. Like, just call it, if they, if they make more of this, just call it Death Clock because I feel I like- know-
1: I know in, like, an AMA, like, eight years ago at this point, it probably wouldn't happen, but, like, in an AMA once, Brendan was, like, if a w- somebody asked him if you made a spinoff, what would you make? And he said, like, one about Roxo, and I was, like, I think we could live without a Roxo spinoff.
0: Yeah, Roxo is good in, ex- <laughs> Roxo is good in exactly the amount of time he shows up in the show. Yep. <laughs> if, you- if you show Roxo more than, like, what you get in the show, it becomes upsetting. Like, This is a horrible analogy, and I may cut this out just because, depending on how I feel about after saying it. But like Roxo was like Chris Chan, where you can (laughs) (laughs) Roxo was like Chris Chan, where he's funny for about like for about like five minutes, and then afterwards it gets really, really upsetting. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah that's like that's like perfect i get i get what you mean <laughs>
0: that's that's how i that's how i feel about roxo but um yeah so if like if if brendan makes more it's gonna be like a very different show i think but um like this I, is go ahead
1: i in um in one of the magazine interviews he did recently i think it was with revolver um he said that if he wanted like he wants to make like a metal horror movie like a live action metal horror movie
0: oh that'd be sick
1: and i'm like please can you Brendan? Yeah. that would be fucking amazing
0: i'd love that i'd, I'd go watch that um but like it like because he, he ended up like making something more than a didn't he? he said that like he would make more if like they if people wanted it
1: yeah so i he said something along the lines of like if people if people want more music and we are able to play the music why would we say no oh okay. and um I, I i think i personally have always interpreted it this movie as like this is going to be the finale of like the series and i, I feel Same. like there's a higher chance of us getting like a death album five or like just another like death clock album like i'm thinking like more musically okay like, there's, yeah there's definitely more music in our future i feel but i don't know about like a show continuation it would be fucking awesome if i'm proven wrong though and we got more
0: <laughs> yeah but, like, this is the end of, like, the main story. Dude, fucking Metalocalypse Future, like, Steven Universe Future. Um, This is the end of the main story of Metalocalypse because, like, everyone fucking dies. Like, everyone... I... I thought for years that if they ever made this, then the band would die. Like they would die saving the world. I was really surprised and happy that they didn't. Cause I'm like, oh yeah, that's nice. I'm glad they didn't die. I'm glad I was, I went to this thinking, okay, either Charles is going to die or the band is going to die, but they're both, there's no way they both all live. And they all lived, which I'm very happy about. I'm, I, I like that they all lived. I feel like, um, I feel like you can feel like, brendan's love for these characters just by letting him uh despite the fact that he that he lets them live you know that he yeah. him,
1: that
0: he that he lets them he, he lets all six of them live it's great um this also i was kind of thinking about like i'm coming with a, i'm coming up with this thought as i say it so it may be wrong but um i was thinking about how like so much of this is focused on like the story and how, like, I feel like, like I said, if, if Doomstar Requiem and this was supposed to be one long season of TV and, like, they really didn't change much of the story to fit the format, it is interesting how this show is written versus um, Venture Brothers because I feel like this show is, like, a set story that Brendan, like, wanted to tell. And he's like, I am going to tell this story. And he stuck to his guns, which I really love and I think is awesome. And I think Venture Brothers is kind of like a, kind of a different thing where doc and jackson in that movie were like okay we love all these guys and we need to like we need to have all these guys that we love in here and like the story needs to serve the fact that we love these characters and the audience love these characters like i feel like both are really good and i think metal Alchemist is great characters but i think like it is interesting seeing like a character approach versus like a story approach with like this is the story that i've wanted to tell since the beginning and i'm going to tell that story which i think is really cool
1: Oh, yeah, I, I get what you're saying 100%. Yeah,
0: like the different approaches there, because I do think this like I feel like there's definite like changes with like format and stuff and how he couldn't like make fit everything in that he probably wanted to. But I feel like like the core beats of this are the story he's been wanting to tell since like 2006. And I think that's fucking awesome.
1: It's it's just, it feels very hopeful to see, like, a story that's been in development, like you said, since 2006. It's very hopeful and it's very, like, relieving to see, like, a animation get a proper close like this. Because yes. I feel like I have witnessed it way too many times where pieces of animation, TV shows, whatever, they just never get an ending because the network fucks them over in some sort of way.
0: Yes, I'm actually... um two days from now disenchantment final season comes out i am very excited for that um i can say this now probably um i met josh weinstein the showrunner of Disenchantment, a couple months ago and he told me that um it was gonna be a final season but they answer everything and they like you know they they answer like everything they needed to answer because that show is like fucking like has more plot lines and lore than even this show does um but I think that it's fucking crazy, the landscape we're in of animation, because that was supposed to be another two seasons, but they had to condense it down into one season for Disenchantment.
1: And, like, that dude. That sucks. That sucks it, so much.
0: I It sucks, but it's better than not getting anything, so I'm still happy about it. But also, dude, fucking Matt Groening shows aren't safe from this kind of shit. Are you serious? Like, because, oh my god. I'm going to save that because I'm going to do a Disenchantment podcast on here eventually because I have a lot to say about that show because I fucking love it. But um, it is very, it's very, it's very awesome that Brendan got to make this and he got to make it exactly how he wants to. And it's awesome that the show and Venture Brothers, if they don't make more, got to have endings, which is a thing that not a lot of shows get. Like, a lot, so many shows with like the way that content works nowadays just get like pumped out. People get attached to it and it dies and like it never comes back at all like never i'm just i'm i'm thinking
1: a lot about inside job where we got greenlit for season two and then we got pulled away from us
0: (laughs) it is like oh my god (laughs) when i think about inside job because i was thinking about like something i think about a lot is like the evolving nature of like because i love comedy and love tv but i animation like and like adult animated comedy especially is like my super niche and so, like, I think about a lot about the evolution of that as, like, a medium and as, like, a, like a you know, how, it, how like, the industry works. And I feel like Inside Job, if given more time to grow, would have become, like, a Futurama-level hit. And I think it has a lot of the similar aspects that people loved about, like, early Futurama in the sense where it's, like, um, it's a workplace full of, like, endearing, like, funny characters. You have, like um they're i mean brett and reagan i don't know if they're going to be if they were going to be a couple or not but they were like you know male female lead kind of got a will they won't they thing like in the center to keep like people's attention and stuff like that like this was going it was going to be the next futurama and it's really annoying that like it just gets canceled in favor of like 10 more futurama episodes which obviously they're not the same network that's hulu the instant job is netflix but um like you know what i mean like we can't get – it sucks that we can't get new things anymore because, because like, we're just going to bring back Futurama again. And, like, this new season's been fine. Like, I love Futurama, but, like, I would still much rather get 10 more episodes of Disenchantment or 10 more, 10 more episodes of Inside Job instead because Futurama I have, like, you know, 120 episodes of already. You know what I mean? yeah. Like,
1: it's it's just, like, we're in, like, a climate right now where, like, networks just want to make money, and they know rebooting a series that people already love will make them money, and yes. they don't want to take a risk on just making, like, a new show that won't make them as much money.
0: And so. again, I do think that, like, <laughs> I still think that right now we're getting, like, higher quality TV than, we, like, we have for, like, most of like, the existence of television because I feel like anything that comes out is, like, there's, like, so many shows that are, like, the best thing you've ever fucking seen in your life and, like, you just, like, don't know about them until, like, you stumble upon it one day. So I still do feel like we're getting so much good TV. It's just the fact that, like, nothing is allowed to have an audience anymore because, like I said, Inside Job, that that could have been a futurama level hit like that show was getting popular on like tiktok with like zoomers and stuff like that like that was good like you were so close like you were almost there
1: like <laughs> i feel like like the part two of season one it was like on netflix's homepage. page is like people are currently watching it was like number one and on, like streaming for like the first like two weeks i think is when it came out yeah like it was really popular like it was literally all over Netflix's homepage and then suddenly Netflix was like nope I'm taking away your green light. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> like, I, don't... I, d- I don't get it.
0: <laughs> I didn't know this but Shion Takuchi um was a writer for Disenchantment in the first season of that. So she's like all over that first season of Disenchantment which is awesome. But um she's like the inside job like woman who writes who wrote inside job. Yeah, um,
1: yeah.
0: Fucking Yeah, it's just the score of this movie is fucking crazy. Um
1: Okay, we we got off track a little bit.
0: Yeah, we got off we got off track a little bit, but um, <laughs> I do love, like I said, the they adapt the Exodus song from Galacticon two almost one to one in this movie. Where like one of the lyrics of that is, "Um, they should have taken the man in green. He wanted it to be his end, but it drowned the beast out." Which is exactly what happens with Crozier in this movie, which I think is really fucking sick. Also, um. Something that I want to make clear is that I do not remember anything that I say on this podcast because someone that I know on discord messaged me and like was talking about like my murder face theories. And I was like, when did I say this? (laughs) Did I say this on the podcast? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, okay, I'll take your word for it. I don't remember saying this at all. Like, apparently I said murder face is going to die at some point. I don't remember saying that it's possible.
1: Like, I think I, I might have said something along those lines. That's like I feel like of Ace is gonna die. I don't know. I, like, I don't remember I don't, either.
0: <laughs> like I I do this and then I try to make it sound as good as I can and I put it out into the world. I do not listen to these. So all I know is that I make sure I I make sure I say like, you know, things that I want to say, but I never like I don't I don't remember anything that I say on here. But um Okay, I'm gonna fucking end this meeting and restart it again because like I said, this podcast is held together by duct tape. So hold on. Okay. Okay, we're back. Um, I swear to god, I'm gonna get um a better way to do this. Uh it's just gonna let my headphones at work, so we had to do it through this way, but we're back 10 minutes later. Um, so I have been talking way too much. I wanna I want like bring up whatever you want to bring up about this movie because I know like you have probably have way more to say about this than I do.
1: Um, so I mean, like, I'm very biased because I love Squid Game and Toki like more than anything in the world. So, like, when I think of this movie, I think of their moments. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I also think mainly of Dick Nubler, who I realized I love him so much more than I thought after yeah. watching this movie because, like. I was genuinely like grieving, sobbing afterwards. Like, my chest hurt. <laughs> like, yeah. That, like, that affected me so deeply. I didn't realize I liked him that much. I, it, it was not, it's only not like the fact that it's like Dick Melbourne icon, but like, he died in such a traumatic, like, he, it was so sad in front of the boys, too. Like, yeah, I sure
0: did. <laughs> um, so there's a part, like, not, not everything in Galact- Galacticon matches up, but there is a part in there um which I always thought was Charles, but this does kind of match up with Dick Nelber's death scene. Um, it is in the it is in like the final battle song though, so maybe this was changed around. But like one of the lines in the song is um is like I it's like I can't break through, I can't see you. Surprised me too. It's down to you. Which makes me think like that was that's maybe about Dick Nubler's death because it seems like there's like a barrier there. I always thought that was like some kind of barrier between Charles and the rest of the band. That line is like Charles having to accept them like um, being able to do shit on their own without him. But it almost it almost kind of works retroactively with Nubler, except it's like way 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 later in the album than it should be if it was like one to one with this movie. But um, yeah, R.I.P. Dick Nubler, fucking king.
1: so devastating. We got him being so whimsical, only to lose him so fast. (laughs) Yeah,
0: this was like this was the most novel have ever gotten, and also like the least horrible he's ever been.
1: Yeah, that's true. (laughs) I always Um, loved
0: Dick Novel. I've
1: I've pulled up, so because, so I had watched this movie because Bryce got it a week early, and he thankfully streamed it for me, so I could watch it also a week early. Yep. So I and I couldn't talk about it with like anybody else, so I just opened my notes app and I just like vented to myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, I after I watched the movie and I opened this up right now, and a lot of it is about Nubler, but one thing I do want to bring up is that one line that Nathan says to Murderface, where he's like, "You can't hear the bass, but you can always feel it." Yes. Oh my god. <laughs>
0: A lot of that stuff, too, is um, – because one of the season th- – I think it's season three episode where Murderface – like, Murderface and Toki quit the band, and um, they're, like
1: – It's Death Ziduals. Death that's, right? yeah. okay, so
0: that's season three, right? Yeah.
1: Season three. Season three episode um, seven or something? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So that's – that. the plot of that episode is, like, without um Murderface around, like, the band actually gets all their shit done on time, but they hate it because it's too happy and it's too, like, clean – and that is exactly what the murder face plot of this movie is about. It is like one for one that episode, which I think is really cool. Like bringing that back around. That is like the theme of it is like the, um, like you can't, you can't hear the bass, You can always feel it. Cause they also say that a lot too in the show is like, you can't even hear the bass,
1: Yeah. Um, but you can always feel it.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's, oh
1: my God. <laughs> so so <fucking> good. good.
0: <laughs>
1: um, another line. From this movie, I want to bring up is Toki be a good boy and bring mommy a scotch okay. I got this. Why did he say that? You know what? Funny. I... Thank that's you. something
0: I that's something I would say. <laughs> that's
1: something I would
0: say to one of my friends. Like, it's funny. I
1: no like I meant that like theoretical, but like I I love that line. That's probably one of my favorite lines from this movie, because it just it took me so off guard that like I still keep like texting that to my friends and they're like would you stop sending me this
0: <laughs> you you told me before this movie came out that pickles was like the band mom yeah. and like they bring they literally say that in this movie too like they call him <laughs> they the do. band mom and then that shit, <laughs> that shit happens. like when i saw when i happened i was like oh that's a certified risky moment like when they when they cut to him and they and said like band the, and they said like mother and they cut to him
1: yeah, there's, like, a mother, father, brothers, and sister. Yeah. And the the thing is about, like, Toki being the sister is that I listened to this podcast where Brendan was on it. It may have been, like, from, what, 2015, 2016. Like, it's yeah. older. Uh, But even in that podcast, Brendan refers to him as the sister of the band. That's funny. So, like, the and when that moment happened, I was like, oh, he's been sitting on this for a long time. <laughs>
0: yeah. That's intentional. Like, that's, yeah, that's not a joke. <laughs>
1: Um, is there anything else I have written here that I want to bring up? Literally, majority of this is me just being sad over Nubler and then yeah. freaking out over Squizgar and toki. That's my entire life. <laughs> Would
0: you be okay, here's a theoretical for you. Would you be more sad if Charles died?
1: I gotta think about this. I gotta think about how I want to phrase this because I have a lot of friends who are deeply in love with Charles, and I have Uh-oh. to watch what I say.
0: <laughs> do, we have a, do we have a do we have a Charles offensive anti here?
1: No, 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 no. <laughs> okay, I think I think I would be more sad over Nubler, but that's yeah. just because I'm more biased towards Nubler. Yeah, I would be sad over Charles too. I'm not saying I wouldn't. Absolutely. But I, I. I was expecting Charles to die or at least get yes. like gravely injured in this movie. We've watched him die before. Like, yeah, I was not expecting Nubler to get murdered. <laughs>
0: okay. Yeah. I really wasn't expecting him to have such a big role in this movie at all.
1: Th- th- yeah, that too.
0: Like, I thought I thought he just like wouldn't be in this movie because I was like, I was like, no, that like the time for like characters with like Dick Nubler is over. Like, this is all serious shit now. But no, he's in it. He's in it a lot, which is cool.
1: I haven't brought him up, but Edgar. Yes. Edgar also passes away, which is so sad. Where he says like my brother my love, like I'll meet you again or something yeah. like right before he dies. It's so heartbreaking.
0: <laughs> I love I love his I love that he fully came around on the band because I like it felt like in um like season 4 and Doomstar that he was just working with them because he had to, but it is cool how it comes around to like you know he fully does like believe in death clock and stuff now it is it is really it was really cool to like see that full evolution of the character and also like it's perfect that he dies like helping defeat salacia and stuff it's like yeah it's perfect that was like in like a span of like 30 seconds like stampingston like the mark hamill guy who always like, introduces the um specialist like he gets blown up in like the coolest fucking way possible yeah and then, like edgar dies and then like um it's not 30 seconds more like five minutes and then um va- like charles kills Vatcher orlog so there's like three major supporting characters all fucking like get murdered in the span of like five minutes and i was like oh well, this <laughs> yes. is like the end of the fucking show
1: Another thing I want to bring up, because I honestly, this like lingered in my mind for a while after I watched the movie because I did not even like consider this a fact. But Like every single time Nathan would try to think of a song, he would think of Magnus as his yes. first like option, which is really interesting to me because I didn't realize that the entire Magnus situation affected him as deeply as it does.
0: Yes, that was um, really interesting to me too.
1: There's there's a song on Death album 4 where if you go and read the lyrics to it it's almost exactly like Nathan wrote it about Magnus which is which really one? interesting to me. Um I think it's Satellite Bleeding. I want to okay. say it's Satellite Bleeding but I uh let me look up the album real quick.
0: That was interesting to me, too, and it's an angle I didn't ever think about with Magnus, because, like, I mean, they didn't really know it was Magnus, I guess, until, like, the end, but, um, maybe they did, I don't know, but, like, they don't ever, like, the band never talks about Magnus in, like, Doomstar Requiem, and, but Magnus, despite not being in this, he's, like, a huge part of, like, this movie, like, he's a. Yeah. like, that was really interesting to me because like i never knew any of them cared about magnus that much which is yeah, really interesting <laughs> like it's a very interesting take that like cuz that like cuz i never knew that they even gave a fuck about magnus but that's interesting the like yeah, the song about the him the song
1: is called bloodbath it's bloodbath that's okay in my opinion is written about magnus if you read the lyrics and think about like how Because, like, what we see of how Nathan, like, perceives, like, the Magnus situation, how he's, like, the first person to think of, and how, like, Murderface compares himself to Magnus, and Nathan is so quick to be like, you're nothing like him. Yeah. (laughs) Like, obviously this affects him, like, very deeply, but, like, just reading the lyrics, because, like, the very first lyric to Bloodbath is, like, why can't I make up my mind, is this your knife in my back? Uh Uh-huh. Like, directly referring to Magnus stabbing him in the back. Like, just, this entire song is just him in my opinion i think it's about magnus but like just magnus i like you said i was not expecting magnus to be in this movie as much as he was even though he's dead but like yeah. even though like him just being brought up like, as many times as he did that was surprising to me
0: same super interesting um but yeah so the fucking climax this movie is amazing like the everyone shows up um charles gets to because like one of the recurring lines in every season finale of metalocalypse is that's my bread and butter you're fucking with charles gets to deliver the ultimate version of that which is those are my spiritual saviors you're fucking with fucking hype peak fucking hype it was so good um and then uh, like i really love how fucking awesome and like gruesome the deaths for like the tribunal were like that was so cool um, because Votororola gets fucking shedded in, like, a like a snowplow or something. And you yeah. see, like eyeballs and stuff. It was so cool. Um, but yeah, so then Celesia does take, like, the final form, which is, like, this fucking giant, like... Ch- he almost looks like Gulp from Adventure Time. <laughs> um, like, he looks like that thing and um the band calls upon the death lights and they're able to like um we also because one of the biggest things with death clock both in the show and like the music itself is the phrase go into the water
1: and yes yes that
0: is repeated at a very pivotal moment they say nathan says like go into the water and he like He spreads the power among, like, all the fans. They push him into the, like, into the water, and the fucking whale prophet comes out and eats him, and it's so fucking sick. Like, that was the second moment where I was like, fuck yeah, because it was just so sick.
1: This movie is just so fucking awesome (laughs) in every way possible.
0: (laughs) I also love the motif with, like, the recurring motif with, like, the fist and the hand. Like um Nathan, like having to choose between like being the fist or the hand and he chooses and he chooses to be the hand when he writes like the song of salvation and like extends out to the fans and chooses to be the hand when he literally like shares the power with them in like the, in like the climax and stuff.
1: It's, it's just so good in every way
0: it really is it's just fucking also the fucking um the fucking avengers end game credits with like what shows all the cast members and who they play and stuff <laughs> that was fucking awesome like that was another like really cinematic like touch like i, I was like what the f-? like this is fucking cool
1: it was so great to have tommy blocker back yes it was so awesome to hear him and i i at least like murderface specifically there was a few line deliveries from murderface where i was like oh my god he is cooking in that booth
0: yes i fucking <laughs> like, love having him back
1: he he's such a good voice actor
0: he really is he's in <laughs> um I think he's in King Star King, which is another show that I like. I didn't watch that till they made that special earlier this year. And I was surprised how much I actually loved it. You might actually like that show because a lot of it is kind of similar to Metalocalypse in terms of like, just like the metal imagery and that kind of shit like that. I think he's in that show. I'm not positive because I haven't seen it in forever, but I think that he is in that show. But um, yeah, it's also the final title card is in memory of John Schnepp, which was very awesome. Like, I think that's such a great, that's such a great, perfect touch on this movie that, like, it had to be there. And as soon as you saw it, I was like, it's, it's just, like, the biggest, like, aww moment. It was like, yeah, yeah found, like it was, it's, yeah, it's great. I love it. It's just, this movie is, um there isn't as much to talk about as there is with Venture, only because this movie just does exactly what it set out to do 10 years ago, you know?
1: Yeah, like. I think, like, the one criticism I could have with it, if I were to, like, have to pick one, is that I wish we got to see more of Toki's recovery process. Yeah. Um, But I understand that we were on a time crunch, and there's only so much we were able to see. Yeah. Uh, seeing Toki in headphones, like, regressing <laughs> is, like, that's, like, enough for me. I just, yeah. I want to give him a hug and give him, like, a little pat on the head. <laughs> yeah. He
0: fucking hits pickles. So funny. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's that's Um, another thing I want to bring up is that Toki specifically with those headphones on, I feel like, because, like, Toki being autistic is, like, a huge headcanon within the fandom. And, like, specifically those headphones are, you mainly see, like, people on the spectrum and, like, have those headphones. And those are specifically for, like, sensory reasons. And I feel like that's, that was, like, uh, them specifically being, like, this is our, this is us saying to him, he's autistic and yeah. as an autistic viewer who loves the show very much that touched me very deeply and i'm very appreciative of that
0: <laughs> hell yeah i'm glad, I'm glad that, yeah that's fucking awesome um but yeah it's just oh, a lot oh, last thing i'm gonna say is like um a lot of the first half of this movie too. Um. Does have more of that like conversational, like home movies type dialogue that's like a trademark in Brendan Small shows. So I'm glad there is like a little bit of that that was kept in this movie. Like a lot of the church scene is that too, with them just like yeah, like improv. Almost feels like like improvising.
1: Another scene that kind of has that same energy is like at the end where they're like having their final meals. And they're talking about, like, what they're going to be like in the afterlife. Like, that scene as well just felt very, like, the comedy part of Metalocalypse. And it felt very, like, real. Yes. just These characters are just talking and it just feels very familiar and nice.
0: Yes. It's just like, like I said, this movie is just exactly what it should have been and had to be. And because of that, it's fucking the coolest shit you've ever seen in your whole life. You know what I mean? Like, this, um, like, because... I feel like both Aquatine and Venture Brothers do go for a lot of both those. I mean, it's like both those movies go for like bigger swings in the sense that like stuff that like had a chance of not working. Like Aqua Teen obviously is a much different. That second movie is much different than any other Aqua Teen content, which I'm going to talk about on that episode coming up. And then the Venture Brothers movie is just I mean, it is just like a Venture Brothers thing but like it the venture brothers by definition is not going to be like just by how that show is it's never going to be as like openly um definitively an ending as this is so that was always going to like make some people upset you know but i yeah. feel like this is just delivering exactly what it promised and i think that it's fucking perfect for that like i'm so happy this movie exists um
1: like my expectations were high, but like yeah. it went even higher than them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is like crazy to me. I don't think I could say that about anything else I've seen.
0: More movies, more show more shows should have movies like this. It's just...
1: oh hundred percent. Like you I feel like you could really tell that Brendan, like you I think you said this earlier, but Brendan had this idea of how he wanted his story to end, and we're seeing exactly what's been sitting in his mind for the past like what, 18 years?
0: Yeah, he fucking did it. It's fucking awesome. It's just, yeah, I don't really have that much more to say about it. Do you have anything else to say about start wrapping this up?
1: Um, I do want to talk about Death Album Four a yes. little bit. So, um, along with this movie, we also got Death Album Four, which is the first Death album in, or I guess like Death Clock album in ten years, I think. Yep. Um, maybe and... eleven if
0: you don't count um Doomstar.
1: Yeah. Uh, it it starts off very like rough and heavy. And then it, like, it sort of transitioned to, like, a lighter tone. And yeah. we, like, I think, like, the only, we've maybe heard, like, one or two songs, like, out of Death Clock that kind of have that lighter tone. Like, Blackfire Upon Us is one that comes to mind. Yeah. Like, this, hearing Death Clock with, like, lighter tones is so, like, I feel like I'm levitating. Like, <laughs> just yeah. thinking about it. Dead Face specifically.
0: Love that song.
1: Um, I, I, I noticed um. Somebody pointed this out. I read like a post about this or something. But like the chord progression in the song Deadface like spells out Deadface. Like the chord yeah. like Squiscar is playing. Like that's actually how the song goes. Yeah. Crazy. So cool. <laughs> like, oh my god! But like that 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 one part of Deadface where you could really really hear Murderface's bass and it's like the slow part of it. Yeah. I I could talk about little bits on this album like so much because it's brendan i brendan small i want you to know you've made my life a living hell in the best way possible
0: <laughs> yeah i want them to ship the fucking vinyl and cd so i can have it because i'm Me too. Very excited for that. And the magazine i'm really excited for the like the hardcover magazine too
1: as of right now they're supposed to ship on friday september as, 1st
0: yes we'll as see as right how now.
1: long that love that'll last
0: yes we'll see how long that lasts i'm hoping they do um but yeah, it's just it's just fucking awesome. This is a great movie.
1: I can't believe we're finally here.
0: I know. It finally happened. And now there's no more Adult Swim movies for the foreseeable future until they announce more. Until they announce the Rick and Morty movie. Um, fucking Rick and Morty. Uh, they, they are hinting towards the episode titles now in their Instagram account. And they announced it's coming back October 15th. Let's get that fucking recast announcement.
1: And yeah, we still don't have a yep, we still don't know who's voicing him. Personally, I here here is what my idea of what I want them to do. I want Rick to be voiced by a different person every episode.
0: I could see that. (laughs) I just want I think it'd be really funny if they just never told us. Like it's this anonymous person is voicing them in every episode.
1: (laughs) That would also work really well.
0: I have like they wrote and animated this entire season like before the Justin Worland thing happened, I'm pretty sure. So like it's all like nothing in it is going to be like directly affected by the new voice. It's just gonna be dubbing. But um I yeah, that's gonna be fucking crazy when that eventually happens. Fiona and Kate comes out
1: tomorrow. Yes, I'm, it does.
0: Archer comes out in ten minutes, the final season of Archer starts in ten minutes. Um fucking yeah. I have a lot of a lot of good shit going on right now with an Adult Swim, but yeah, do you have anything else?
1: Um, nothing else related to Metalocalypse, but I do want to say that the episode of Futurama reboot where Zap gets canceled premieres on nine eleven. So
0: fuck yeah, it's gonna be a good nine eleven this year. <laughs> <laughs> um oh my god there's like there's an episode of this show of this podcast i think it's the eric andre episode where i just like the first thing i say is is like something about 9-11 like it's like the first (laughs) word that comes out of my mouth i think it's the eric andre episode but um yeah so you can follow us on twitter or follow like the account the podcast on twitter at owls only pod um, you can check out all of the shit that I waste all my money on on Adult Swim Merch Archive on Instagram. Um, hopefully, I'll be posting the Death Clock Death album four vinyl within a couple of weeks here. I still um, need to
1: send you my Doomstar pictures. My bad.
0: Ooh, yes, that'd be awesome. <laughs> um, you can follow my me on Twitter at Mouse Fitzgerald at the D. And you want to plug anything?
1: Uh, you could follow me on Twitter at Sorry I'm Rissy. Um, my Instagram is also the same ad. It's Sorry, I'm R.I.S.S.I. Uh, I will be tweeting a lot about Baby Clock um because this tour is great to me, and I really, really love Death Clock. Um, I I'm seeing them at the Sterling Heights state on September 17th, and I do have meet and greet. So if you want to know my story and all that, if you're really interested, follow me. I will be tweeting a lot about it.
0: <laughs> Hell yeah! All right. Well, thank you for coming on.
1: Thank you for having me. I love this show more than I love my life. More <laughs> than I, more, more than I love anything, really. <laughs>
0: All right, we'll see you guys next week.